Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Peacock, and this is the Liberty Cafe. In fact, this is episode 68 of the Liberty Cafe, and I'm blessed and pleased to have you here with me today, as I always am, and also blessed and pleased to have with us today in a sponsor mode, a Texas Scorecard. Great group of guys and gals over there fighting for liberty every single day, fighting for your liberty every single day. And so please go over to texasscorecard.com, sign up, listen in, read all the great stuff they're doing, and join in the fight for liberty here in Texas and, and really across the world. So today we're going to talk a little bit about liberty. Of course, that's what we talk about all the time on the Liberty Cafe, but we're going to talk about it specifically as it relates to something called the Liberty Institute. So the Dan Patrick has been in the news of late. He, he got things stirred up the other day when he um, put out a tweet, and let me just read it to you. This was back on February 15th. So we're recording this on the 18th. You'll hear it a little bit later. But so this just happened. He, he tweeted, I will not stand by and let loony Marxist UT professors poison the minds of young students with critical race theory. We banned it in publicly funded K-12, through and we will ban it in publicly funded higher ed. That's why we created the Liberty Institute at UT. Well, of course, the fallout from that was very predictable and very quick because, well, academia, K-12 education, most of our public um, media, you know, they're controlled by leftists or Marxists or progressives or whatever you want to put it. And so they didn't like what Patrick had to say. Now, the reason Patrick put out this tweet in the first place was that he had read an article uh, about the UT Faculty Council, and they had passed a resolution supporting freedom to teach critical race theory. Well, before we, we get into that, let me just go back to where all this start, stuff got started, because the fallout really about this is, is mainly focused by the left on the Liberty Institute, which was founded – well, it hasn't actually started yet – which the legislature put funding into place for last year. So there was an article in, in the Texas Tribune last, year, last August, as a matter of fact, reporting on the fact that legislators had, had slipped, that's the way they put it, slipping $6 million into the state budget uh, to fund the Liberty Institute at the University of Texas. And it also reported that University of Texas officials had committed $6 million to this organization. And there was a lot of people getting upset about that. I guess one way you could put it is a lot of folks had their knickers in a knot over this thing. Uh, they they wondering what nefarious purposes were being planned for this Liberty Institute funded by this conservative Republican and conservative donors out there, all those kind of things. So that really got people fired up. And so 
it died down a little bit, but the recent fight in the Texas legislature over critical race theory and, and those types of things led the UT faculty just recently to propose this resolution or the faculty council to propose this resolution uh, defending academic freedom. And let me just read a little bit to you about it from it. State legislative proposals seeking to limit teaching and discussions of racism and related issues have been proposed and enacted in several states, including Texas. This resolution affirms the fundamental rights of faculty to academic freedom in its broadest sense, inclusive of research and teaching of race and gender theory. So that is the the, the product from the loony Marxist UT professors that Dan Patrick was referring to. And, you know, you have to really agree with him on that. I mean, the, they are a bunch of loony leftist professors over at UT. Not, not all of them, but a whole lot of them, as can be seen by the fact that this, this uh, resolution passed, and it passed, it was partly put out there to be expressed solidarity with K through 12 teachers in Texas. It passed by a 41 to 5 vote by the um, faculty council at UT. So, you know, UT is kind of lost and has been lost for a long time on all this. But I, I don't think that's the most interesting aspect to this whole thing because there's a lot of people out there taking on leftism and progressivism and academia and K through 12 and and critical race theory. And I'm glad they're doing it. But I, I think today what I'd just like to focus on a little bit is whether or not it's a good idea for the government, Texas government in this case, to fund a government-run think tank, you know, liberty, you know, conservative in, in this case, and in this case particularly called the Liberty Institute. Is, is that a good idea? Well, let's look at two different points of this. The first is, is it a good idea to put the Liberty Institute at the University of Texas right now? Well, why would you do it? Well, for one thing, you know, the University of Texas is the flagship university of the state of Texas. I'm an Aggie, and, but you just can't deny that UT is the big university here in, in, in Texas. And it used to be that at least as an Aggie, I could go around claiming that we're the best university in the sense that we're not – being infiltrated by all this progressive leftist thought. But really, since John Sharp took over the university years back, it has just gone downhill. So that AM is just, you know, they're behind UT, but they're falling along the same curve. So we, we Aggies don't even have that to, to proclaim anymore. So you've got UT, big flagship university, state of Texas. So if you could get a nice conservative think tank in there, promoting liberty and those kind of things, it would bring some panache or cachet to, you know, the, the, to liberty, to the, to the people who are promoting liberty and try and put some intellectual heft behind it. And, and that's good. But the, but the problem is, is that UT is a very left-wing progressive university. So why should we expect this effort to put a – conservative think tank at a major progressive left-wing university. Why should we expect that to work? Now, now there have been some 
conservatives who had some success at UT, but not very many have had a lot of success for very long. You know, so Lino Gralia was a professor at the University of Texas um, Law School for 50 years. He recently died just in, in January. And he was an intellectual giant and had a tremendous influence, not just on law at the University of Texas, but, but across the nation, right? So th there's one great example. But other than that, it's kind of few and far between. Uh, I, I know Jeff Sandifer through a lot of different ways, particularly he was on the board at Texas Public Policy Foundation while I was there for about 15 years. And Jeff Sandifer used to teach, had, had an entrepreneurship uh, component within the University of Texas MBA program. It's a very highly thought of, highly ranked MBA program at UT. And Sandifer had a team, I think, of about five or six entrepreneurs who came in there and taught entrepreneurship. And it was highly successful within the business school. Students really liked it. At least a lot of students really liked it. But he ran into some problems because they did a lot of things. But one of the things they did there was very interesting is these guys weren't tenured professors. They were coming in. They were teaching in the, in the MBA school. And they would have the students rate the professors in this component and the lowest ranking professor or teacher from that group got kicked out, and then they would bring in somebody else. Well, that and some other things that Sandifer was doing over there was just a little too much for the tenured lifetime faculty at UT Business School, and so they, they essentially pushed him out. Well, Sandifer went out and founded the Acton MBA School, and it's a very well thought of uh, MBA school. Unlike the traditional program, it lasts that last two years, his last one year, but you have to work 80 or 90 hours a week to get through that one year and get out of there. And you have to learn how to sell stuff and make stuff and do stuff. It's a great program. But the problem is that places like UT tend to push out successful people who are bringing conservative thoughts and ideas there. So is it going to work? Is the Liberty Institute going to work at UT? Maybe, but maybe even before trying it, you need to clean up house a little bit and move it in the more conservative direction before you do it. So that, that's one question out there. The, the second problem with having the Liberty Institute at UT is a more generic problem, and it, you know, whether, it doesn't matter where you put it. But the problem is just having a government-funded, government-run think tank. So we've got the Liberty Institute, great-sounding name. So what is liberty really? Well, liberty is kind of defined by our founders as the, the ability to exercise our unalienable rights, which have been endowed to us by our creator. And when we look at the Bible, we look at the Declaration of Independence, we find that what we one of the things we need in order to really make that happen is for the government to protect these unalienable rights but the founders and theologians before them and and a lot and just our everyday experience tell us that governments instead of wanting to protect our rights usually want to restrict them or even take them away from us so so why would we think that a government run think tank 
at a government institution funded with government dollars would be interested ultimately in promoting our liberty. Shouldn't we really be looking for promotion of liberty outside of the government? Because after all, you know, the founders of our government set up all these things, checks and balances and federalism and all these kinds of things to protect us from oppression from government. And so it's just kind of funny for us to be going to the government to be looking for ideas for how to protect our liberty because the government just doesn't do that very well. You know, th this kind of takes me back to 2019 um, when – so the Texas Public Policy Foundation where I um, used to work has, has a long history with Texas government. You know, it was founded back in 1989, but particularly since Brooke Rawlins took over in 2003 and ran it up until 2000 – when was that? 18 maybe? Before she went to go work for President Trump. We, we often had these run-ins with state government. We had one high-ranking official in government who came to one of our board meetings and tried to get Brooke fired, right, and, and our vice president at the time uh, as well. And, you know, and that goes on all the time because what, what the problem was is that we would do research based on free market policies, and then we would examine bills and that people had filed and ideas that people were coming up with in the Texas legislature. And oftentimes, our research would sort of expose the fact that a lot of these members in the Texas legislature, statewide elected officials, those kind of things, weren't quite as conservative as they were telling their constituents back home. And that got them really mad at us. Well, that happened uh, in, in some form or fashion uh, in 2019, where Dan Patrick wasn't really happy with the work we were doing on the Texas budget. And, and so two years later, voila, here comes a new think tank that Dan Patrick and other leaders, it's not just him, are involved in. So, so is the government of Texas now looking for an alternative conservative think tank that will do its bidding more often than not, where TPPF and others won't? Now, TPPF isn't perfect. It didn't always perfectly withstand up to the, the pushings from, from, um, from those inside of government. But I guarantee, almost guarantee you that TPPF does a better job of that than a government-funded think tank would. Because what if Governor Abbott or Governor Patrick or Speaker Phelan got angry with the research that was going on at the Liberty Institute? Don't you think that their complaining might have some impact on what the Liberty Institute kept doing going forward. So th th that's just one of the problems. It it's nothing about any of these men I'm talking about. It's just human nature, the way things are set up. And, and the final thing I would say a problem with a government-funded think tank is ultimately what we need in the public policy sphere more than we ever have now is the gospel and the whole counsel of God. And you know, we, we just can't do without that. And while there's places for secular approaches to these kind of issues, and, and that's okay, it just, it's taking resources away from other places that might be actually bringing 
God's word into this public policy debate, which is greatly needed. So let me just close here thinking about the Liberty Institute by saying this really reminds me of the whole, uh, speaking of University of Texas, reminds me of Daryl Royal. Daryl Royal is famous for saying, for not being very fond of passing the football. You know, he, at the University of Texas, they had the wishbone offense. He had three running backs and one receiver sitting out somewhere on the line and he didn't do much except block and you'd pass it, you'd hand it off to one of those three running backs in these complicated systems and, and you know, people started passing the ball more and, and Daryl Royal just said, well, wh- why should I pass the football? When you pass the football, three things happen and two of them are bad because you can get a completion, but then you can get an incompletion or an interception. He'd rather just hand it off and let the ball, the runners run. And when you have a bunch of big, huge linemen like they did at UT in those days because they could stack up all the players they wanted because there was no scholarship limits, and they'd just stack them up and they'd run the football and, and beat a lot of people that way. So he just avoided the pass a lot of the times. Well, that kind of reminds me of what we're going on here with the Liberty Institute. You know, there are really three things that can happen with the Liberty Institute. One is the progressives can take it over and just totally and utterly ruin it. Two, the big government conservatives can t- can take it over and just push it away from promoting liberty to promoting the interest of folks in government. Or three, it could do a really good job. So do we know which one of those is going to happen? No, we don't. But Two out of the three things that could happen with the Liberty Institute are not so good. So we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out. Thank you very much. That was episode 68 of the Liberty Cafe. Thanks for being here, and thanks again to our sponsor, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe by Texas Scorecard. You can find more shows and great content at texasscorecard.com. Please consider leaving a review or rating the show on whatever podcasting platform you listen on.